Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. We know that this is the seventh uh, judgment, trumpet judgment. In Revelation 15, it says, Then I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven last plagues, meaning the seven last vials or bowls of judgment, for in them the wrath of God is complete. So once the seventh trumpet sounds, then unleashes this other seven judgments called vials or bowls of wrath. And the seventh trumpet not only contains, like we said before, like I said before, not only the judgments, but also the entire plan of God. Can I ever say enough? How amazing is your love? How can I keep from shouting your name? I know I am loved by the King, and it makes my heart want to sing. Hi everyone, and thank you for joining us today on Truth in Christ Radio. Our scripture today says, Then the seventh angel sounded. The seventh seal brought forth a profound silence in Revelation chapter 8, verse 1. The seventh trumpet initiates joy at the inevitable resolution. There can't be a more glorious proclamation than this. The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Now let's open our Bibles to the book of Revelation chapter 11, starting in verse 15, and follow along with Pastor Rob. Revelation chapter 11, we're going to look at the last few verses of chapter 11. As we look at Revelation chapter 11 last week, we looked at these two witnesses, and the week prior to that, we looked at this third temple that's going to be rebuilt in Jerusalem. It's not there now, but it's in the works, and uh, the Jews in Jerusalem already have the, the accoutrements, all of the clothing, the vestures, all these things are ready to go. They are literally sitting in a receptacle, and you can actually visit. It's called the Temple Mount Institute, or the Temple Institute in Jerusalem. We were there and they've got everything ready to go, literally. And they're even working on the red heifer. They've got people in, in the United States, I believe, in Pennsylvania somewhere, I think. I may be wrong on that, but they've identified a red heifer, and they're examining him, and, or her, actually. Heifer is a girl, right? So, um, so they're, uh, they're ready to go. They're ready to go. All that remains is some politician to give them the okay to build that temple. And it's not going to happen anytime soon. Um, unless the church is removed, and then the Bible tells us, as we're reading, that the Antichrist, who will just be a politician, he, he won't be known as the Antichrist. See, we've got to get that out of our head. I oftentimes have to get it out of my head, because I, I, I use this term for a human being that is going to be empowered by Satan at some point in his career, and he's going to do amazing things. He's going to be the politician of politicians. He's going to be what the world has wanted all this time. He's going to be, and, but he's just a man. And, and he's probably a very uh, good-looking man. He's probably well-spoken, well-educated, well-versed in the different religions, and able to smooth-talk 
sort of like Mercury. He can just float wherever he needs to go, and even more so than our current politicians. And he will allow the Jews to build their temple. And we looked at that. And then we looked at these two witnesses that are going to be ministering during this first half of the tribulation period, this first three and a half years. They're going to be ministering until this man who we call the Antichrist puts them to death and their bodies lie in Jerusalem in the streets for three and a half days. And then afterward, they are risen from the dead. They are literally resurrected and they are caught up into the clouds just as we will be caught up into the clouds at any time now. Hopefully before the end of the service. And so we looked at chapter 11, and uh, you'll notice at the very, and the 14th verse of chapter 11, it says the second woe is past, and the third woe is coming quickly. If you recall, I had this graphic that looks something similar to this, and uh, you'll notice here in in this part over here in the lower right-hand corner where we, we talked about these three woes. We've already looked at the first two. The first woe was in Revelation chapter 9, verses 1 through 12. The second woe is recorded for us in chapter 9 again, beginning in verse 13, going all the way until chapter 11, verse 14. And it tells us right there, the second woe is past, and the third woe is coming quickly. So what we have here this morning as we look Um, we are beginning that area, that time period of the third woe, which also corresponds to the very last trumpet uh, judgment that God is going to have an angel blow to signify uh, a bowl of bowls of wrath to come out from, uh, from that trumpet. And the way that that works is that there were, remember there were seven seals at the seventh seal. When that was blown, another, a uh, group of seven judgments came from that, the seven trumpet judgments. And now we're at that seventh trumpet judgment, also called the third woe. And it's going to, once it is sounded, it's going to unleash vials, seven vials or seven bowls of wrath of God upon the earth. And that is the very last part. And originally I thought that that third woe, uh, certainly it begins in Revelation chapter 11, verse 15, but there's really no terminus to it. And you can look through the, the book of Revelation, and you won't find where it says, and the third woe is past. It, it, it's not there. You won't find it. And after praying and, st- and, and reading and studying, I came to the conclusion that really what this is, is it begins here in 11 verse 15, and it goes all the way, this woe, this third woe, this worst part of human history on the earth, goes all the way until Revelation chapter 20, until the end of that, because that not only includes the, the, it includes the second coming of Jesus, but it also includes the judgments and the great white throne judgment. All of those judgments are wrapped up in this last final trumpet judgment. Does that make sense? So as the seventh trumpet is blown really from this in germ form is everything that proceeds afterward until the new heavens and the new earth are created and the new Jerusalem that it talks about in Revelation chapter 21. Because it's a, it's a, it's a time of judgment. And even Jesus coming to the earth, do you understand, is a judgment. When he comes back to earth, he's not coming as the meek and mild baby Jesus in the, in the, in the, in the manger. He's coming back as the lion of the tribe of Judah with judgment to judge a world that has rejected him, that has rejected and spurned his offer of salvation and forgiveness. It's not going to be a good day. 
But the good news is none of us will see that. We'll be coming back with him because at any moment the church can be raptured, taken up, and we'll look at that later on. We will look at that later on. Now, if you look over in chapter 12, we see that there is a, and we'll get to this next week, where it's sort of like a, an allegory in a sense. It's, it's using a lot of symbolic terms that we find in the Old Testament, and we'll uncover that when we get, to, when we get there next week. But it does speak of, of Satan um, and his involvement in the world and his relationship and his antagonism, his persecution of Israel. We'll look at that next week. But it also says in, um, in verse 12 there, it says, Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. And then he says, Woe to the inhabitants of the, wor- the earth and, and, the, and, the, uh, and the sea, for the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows that he has a short time. And that's certainly a woe, isn't it? I think that that's the beginning of, of what we're going to see. As soon as this trumpet sounds, these things are going to start to take place. And it's going to be a time unprecedented in human history. It's going to be really bad. And that's, why, that's what compels us to share the gospel. That's what compels us to tell, tell people that we know and love about Jesus. They need to hear about Jesus. They need to hear about his, his, his forgiveness. They need to hear about his... Uh, his redemption. They need to be aware of their own sin nature. Is there anyone here without a sin nature? Every one of us was born with a sin nature. You can read it in Romans chapter 5. Paul said that from the, when Adam and Eve sinned, that nature, when the scales fell from their eyes, that rebellion, that forfeiture, that nature was passed down to everyone afterwards. And we are included in that. And that's why We needed to be redeemed. That's why we needed a Savior. Let's read Revelation 11. We're going to read 15 through 19, and then we'll get into it. It says, Then the seventh angel sounded. Notice, the seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. And he shall reign forever and ever. And the 24 elders who sat before God on their thrones fell on their faces and they worshiped God, saying, We give you thanks, O Lord God Almighty, the one who is, the one who was, and the one who is to come, because you have taken your great power and reigned. The nations were angry, and your wrath has come, and the time of the dead, that they should be judged, and that they should reward, and that you should reward your servants, the prophets, and the saints, and those who fear your name, small and great, and you should destroy, or and should destroy, those who destroy the earth. And then it ends in verse 19. Then the temple of God was opened in heaven, and the ark of his covenant was seen in his temple. And there were lightnings, noises, thunderings, and earthquake, and great hail, and great hail. Let's look back at verse 15 now. It says, when the seventh angel sounded, the seventh angel, this is the sounding of the seventh trumpet. That's why we call it the seventh trumpet judgment. It's the most significant of all of the trumpet judgments so far, because as we said before, within it, it has the unfolding of the seven last judgments of God, also called the bowls or the or the uh, or the vile judgments, and we know this to be true because we see it in the. We know that this is the seventh uh, judgment, trumpet judgment, 
In Revelation 15, it says, Then I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven last plagues, meaning the seven last vials or bowls of judgment, for in them the wrath of God is complete. So once the seventh trumpet sounds, then unleashes this other seven judgments called vials or bowls of wrath. And the seventh trumpet not only contains, like we said before, like I said before, not only the judgments, but also the entire plan of God. And we will look at that. Before we go any further, though, we need to clear up a few things because as we get into this, this is one of those verses that those who hold to a mid-tribulation rapture, this is one that they really hang on to. And it's really not a a, a very good um, viewpoint, and we will look at some of that today. But we first have to understand that there are three different views of the rapture. Three different views. And we can see, excuse me, this. Uh, there are three different views. We have the pre-trib rapture, which is what we believe in, which is what the Bible, I believe, makes very clearly. And then there's also a what they call a mid-tribulation rapture, uh, which I don't hold to and I don't believe to, and many people don't. And certainly the post-trib is, is even more um, <laughs> outlandish in its uh, uh, thoughts. But we have to look at these, and and basically what this is, is those who believe in a pre-tribulation rapture believe that the church will be raptured. And you can see here that the tribulation period is a total of seven years right here, right? And there is a midpoint where the Antichrist is going to have the Jews cease their offerings and is going to put an image of himself in a new rebuilt temple in in Jerusalem. But this, um, many believe... uh, you know, there, again, these three views are a person who believes in a pre-trib rapture are those who believe that the church will be taken before this great tribulation begins. And there are many scriptures that corroborate that very easily. We'll look at a few of those today. But then there are those who hold to a mid-tribulation perspective, and, and they believe that the church is going to go through a time of tribulation, in the great tribulation, that is, and because they need to be cleansed, they need to be uh, proven, And then they will be taken up at the midpoint, at the point where we're talking about today. And there are also those who believe that at the end of the Great Tribulation is when the church is raptured. And the the first one, the pre-trib, is what we believe in. The the pre-trib rapture is what we've been taught for years. Uh, We've looked at all all the scriptures. It is very obvious to me uh, that this is the, the correct view because the Bible clearly teaches it. The other two are very spurious, and you have to um, do a lot of uh, gymnastics with the scriptures to make those things fit. So, And we also know this about God. He doesn't need to put his church through the tribulation period. Why? Because 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 9, this is a great verse. If you don't know it, commit it to memory. It says, For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. If you need to go through the great tribulation to be purged of your sins, then what he did on the cross was ineffectual, right? Does that make sense? If you have to go through some rite, if you have to go through some process, as a result of Jesus dying on the cross for your sin, once and for all, if you have to go through anything else, then what he did was not enough. But what did he say on the cross? It is finished. It's finished. The price has been paid in full to tell us day I, it is done. Isn't that what he said? So why, should, why does the church need to go through the tribulation to be purified? 
when the blood of Christ purifies us. That's what the Bible says over and over again. So therefore, we have every reason to believe that the only one that makes sense is the pre-trib view, and that's what we teach. It's what we've been teaching. It's what Pastor Jeff has been teaching. It's what Pastor Chuck Smith has been teaching. It's what, not only them, but going all the way back from the very beginning in the church age, they've been teaching this. So, those who believe in this this seventh trumpet, and the reason they call it that is because it's called the seventh trumpet. It's the last trumpet spoken of in, in the book of Revelation, but it's not really the last trumpet. We'll look at that in just a moment. So is this the last trumpet? The answer is, as far as God's wrath is concerned, yes. It is, in a sense. And yes, it's the last time a trumpet is blown in the book of Revelation. That is true, but it is not the rapture of the church. Those who hold, because you think about it, where we're at in the book of Revelation right now, there's been judgment and death over, uh, prior to this, over a 58%, that's a large percentage, at least 58% of people on the earth, by the time we get to this, have died on the earth from God's judgment. I would say that's a pretty severe judgment, wouldn't you? That's more than half. That eliminates more than half of you in this room if we were uh, unbelievers. Do you understand how stark that is? Worldwide. And so I don't believe for a minute that the church is removed here at the, in the midpoint. They had to be removed before. The Antichrist has to build this temple for three and a half years. It's got to be there. And it goes along with Daniel's 70th week in Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, where he speaks of a week of years, seven years. In the midpoint of that, the Antichrist is going to make himself known. That whole, er- whole seven-year period is a tribulation period. But there are three trumpets of significance in the end-time scenario, and we've already looked at one. The first one is at the rapture of the church, signifying the end of the church age. At any moment, hopefully today, <laughs> the Lord could sound the trump of God. Remember that, the trump of God should sound, and then the dead in Christ will rise, then we which are alive and remain will be caught up. There is a trumpet for that. It's a trump for the church. It's the last trump because there is no other trump. It was the very last one. And there's no need for any other. There was no other as far as we know. It's the last trump of the church. The trump, the church is taken up. But there's also another trumpet of significance, and we're reading about it right now in Revelation 11, verse 15. It's the seventh trumpet sounded by seven different angels. Does that make sense? Remember when I said the trump of God, and now we have, read the first verse in verse 15, then the seventh angel sounded. What did he sound? He sounded with a trumpet. There's a trump of God, and then there's a, an angel sounding with the trumpet. Do you see there's a difference between the two? God is blowing one, an angel is blowing another. And there's also a third trumpet significance, and it's not in the book of Revelation, but it's very well within the timeline of everything we're talking about in the end-time scenario, and it's a trumpet blast at Jesus' second coming to gather the Jewish believers. And so let's look at this first trumpet really quickly. This is a review for some of you, but I would encourage you to memorize these scripture references and even the passages themselves. This first trumpet signifies the end of the church age, which is called the rapture. And we read about that in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, beginning in verse 13. Let me read it to you as by way of reminder. Paul said to the Thessalonians, I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep or who have died, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. 
For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you, notice, underline this, for this we say to you by the word of the Lord. This was not Paul's opinion. This was not something he picked up along the road somewhere. He says, the Lord revealed it to him. This is for this we say to you by the word of the Lord. You've got all authority of heaven on your, on your shoulders when you share this. Here it is. We say to you by the word of the Lord that we which are alive and remain under the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who have already died in Christ. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of an angel? No, the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. And then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up. We'll be harpazoed in the Greek. We'll be raptus in the Latin. That's where we get our word rapture. We will be taken up, caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord. Where? In the air. And, for, and, and, and forever. And thus we shall always be with the Lord and therefore comfort one another with these words. That's pretty comforting. That means before that this whole thing comes to pass... Before the Antichrist has even revealed the church, and you can read about that in Second Thessalonians chapter 2. We have to be removed. We are the thing that's restraining lawlessness. The very Spirit of God in you causes you to act a certain way. The very fact that you're a Christian colors this world. You have an impact. Whether you think you're a great witness or not, the fact that you are here, you are slowing this tide that is just wanting to... It's at the break walls. Can you feel it? It's like all this ungodliness. Is just, it's, like a, it's like the Hoover Dam. And once that Hoover Dam is taken down, once the church is removed, oh my, it's going to be the worst thing that anybody's ever seen. But they'll get what they want. A world without God. Let's govern ourselves. Has that worked out so far? I don't think it has. I don't know, maybe you live on an alternate reality. Maybe, there, maybe, it, maybe it does work out. But I, I don't think it does. It never has. Wrong king, wrong kingdom. <laughs> Notice that when Christ comes for the church in the passage that we just read, it's heralded by the trump of God, not one of the seven angels. This is an important distinction to make. And some have tried to place the rapture at this verse because it is the last trumpet recorded in the book of Revelation and because of what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15. And let me read it to you. Beginning in verse 50, Paul said to them, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit corruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. Notice this. We shall not all sleep, meaning we shall not all die, but we shall all be changed. Here it is. In, the, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead in Christ will be raised incorruptible, and we which are alive, and we, and we shall be changed. Okay, this last trumpet is the trump of God. It's very different from the seven trumpets that we're looking at today, or the seventh trumpet. Okay? John Walvoord, the, uh, he's a really wonderful brother, uh, pastor, teacher, writer, author. He says, the trumpet signaled the appearance of God, and we see that even in Exodus, back when they met on Mount Sinai, that there was a long blast of a trumpet. So this blast is for the church because this appearance of, um, shall never end. It's never going to end. And he also goes on and says, The trumpets in Revelation pertain to judgments during the, during the tribulation, whereas the trumpet in 1 Corinthians 15.52 is related to the church. And I believe that. It makes sense to me. So we look at these seven trumpets. 
We're looking at the seventh one now. And what does it say? In Revelation 8, verse 1 and 2. Then he opened the seventh seal, and there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. And I saw the seven angels. Here they are, right? Seven angels who stand before God. And to them were given seven trumpets. Seven angels, seven trumpets. Makes sense, doesn't it? And when he opened... Sorry, and then in Revelation 8, verse 6, says, So the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. And here it is. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our journey through the book of Revelation. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play and Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.